The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. And now it's time for the Mr. Nelson Show. Welcome to another episode of the Mr. Nelson Show, episode 39. Well, what a week it's been, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, of course, uh, a, a man by the name of Omar Mateen uh, walked into a Florida gay nightclub called The Pulse in Orlando, Florida, and uh, shot over 100 people, killing about 49, I believe, uh, and uh, injuring the, uh, the other 50 or so. And so uh, the usual arguments have begun. Of course, this has all to do with guns in America, and that's it. And don't talk about anything else. Well, it also proves that homophobia is alive and well in America. Yeah, well, we'll get to that. He was a Muslim sent here by ISIS. Yeah, I know, I know, Red. We'll, we'll, we'll get to all of that. Um, so, of course, we're also in an election year, in case you haven't heard. And uh, we have two candidates, and, of course, they weighed in on this. And, uh, well, uh, we'll start with Hillary. Uh, she spoke on this, because it turns out that apparently Omar had been under some amount of investigation by the FBI. Yeah, well, they dropped the ball on that one, didn't they? Well, no, no, hold on a minute. <laughs> so anyway, so, so you see, despite uh, this investigation, he was able to go and purchase the weapons he used in this massacre. And so, uh, you know, Hillary came along and uh, she said this, uh, If the FBI is watching you for suspected terrorist links, you shouldn't be able to just go buy a gun. Which is interesting because uh, Hillary herself is also under investigation by the FBI. <laughs> yeah, that right, that right. Goddamn criminal. No, isn't she not being investigated for terrorism? Yeah, that's true, uh, Lefty, but she is being investigated. Uh, so, uh, under this, uh, logic, uh, she's practically guilty already, so, uh, not only should she not be allowed a gun, uh, she shouldn't be allowed to be president, because good lord, that nuclear button, <laughs> that's more powerful than the trigger of a gun. No, no, this is ridiculous, you're making a mockery of the whole thing! Well, it's hard not to when it's so pathetic. Uh, meanwhile, uh, this idea of the watch lists, this is the idea that's coming out now. So that, so maybe we can get some, some gun legislation on this where, yeah, you know, if you're on that watch list, you shouldn't be able to get, uh, uh, weapons. So just by being on that, you're denied your constitutional right. So, and, uh, boy, once you can deny one, <laughs> why not deny them all? Uh, just by being put on the list. Yes. Yes. Uh, apparently at last count, there's over 700,000 people on that list. This doesn't mean that they're guilty of anything. It just means the FBI thinks you're suspicious for, for whatever reason. Um, and of course, in the past, we've looked at some celebrities have been on there. Even Senator Ted Kennedy was on there before he died. <laughs> That's how long this has been going on. Uh, and for, for all I know, he's still on it. So there was a few years ago, there was an exchange in the uh, Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Uh, between, uh, what's his name, Judge Alex Kaczynski and the uh, the government attorney you know, uh, there as he was asking him uh, the simple question of, what would you do if you found yourself on the no-fly list? 
After some hemming and hawing, the attorney said that he would seek redress from the Department of Homeland Security. Yes, yeah, see, simple as that. Yes, but even though DHS does not place people on the no-fly list, it has no authority to remove them. That's the FBI's job. What? Anyway, DHS would not be able to confirm or deny whether he was on the list. <laughs> so I'm not sure what his next step would be, but then he would have to seek review in a federal appellate court. And what would the court be able to do? Asked Judge Kaczynski. Not much, said the lawyer. In fact, uh, the lawyer would not even concede that a federal court could... Uh, that the federal court possessed the authority to order someone removed from the no-fly list. So you have no way of uh, redress here. <laughs> well, maybe you shouldn't. I mean, no one needs guns. That's all that matters. Yeah, well, uh, here's the deal. You're supposed to have due process. I mean, uh, that, that's one of your uh, your constitutional what? rights here also. And uh, so when the government just says suddenly you might be a terrorist, <laughs> uh, suddenly you lose all what? your rights. And uh, without ever, so cause, cause the burden of proof should always be on the accuser. Remember that one? You know, uh, you're innocent until proven guilty. Uh, with this, you're not even charged or anything. There's no trial coming. You're not arrested. You're just on a list, and you, uh, you, well, you can't get a gun, big deal. Yeah, well, you, you, I think you're missing the point here, Lefty. Uh, huh. uh, no should you ever find sir. yourself in this situation, uh, you you will have no due process by which uh, you can remove yourself from it, uh, despite your innocence. Uh, and, and as a Democratic Senator Joe mentioned, <laughs> who uh, one would have thought was one of the more uh, reasonable Democrats, uh, uh, turns out not so much. Uh, he recently said on this that uh, due process is killing us. <laughs> so, boy, I'd say the Democratic Party just doesn't like the Constitution at all. That's just, uh, boy, that's quite a stretch. I mean, if the FBI had done their job, this might not have happened. All right, all right, Lefty, uh, I'll get into that. Uh, Wait a minute. You said two candidates. We need to listen to what Trump said, because that's what matters. Well, uh, actually, uh, Red, uh, on this particular matter about as far as uh, people on a no-fly list or terror watch list uh, shouldn't be able to purchase a gun, uh, Trump and Hillary uh, agree. What? Oh, yeah. Let's see. I uh, printed out his tweet. Uh, let's see. What did he say? Oh, yeah, here it is. I will be meeting with the NRA who has endorsed me about not allowing people on the terrorist watch list or the no-fly list to buy guns. There you go. That's pretty much the same thing. No, there's got to be a cash somewhere. That, that can't be. No. Well, uh, the NRA responded, uh, happy to meet Trump, it says with his Twitter handle. Uh, our position is no guns for terrorists, period. Due process and right to self-defense for law-abiding America. Uh, yeah, see. Well, this guy wasn't a law-abiding man. He was a terrorist. He wouldn't. He wouldn't. He was a Muslim terrorist. Well, uh, actually, he was law-abiding. He hadn't broken any laws until he killed those people. Uh, he had a very clean record. And uh, despite stuff that he said and uh, what have you, uh, yeah, he, he was clear. To, uh, none of these laws that people are suggesting and background checks, he did go through a background check and he passed it so so much for that uh so th there you go neither trump nor clinton's ideas would work here 
<laughs> What's the matter? Y'all got quiet all of a sudden. <laughs> well, I think this is insulting when you keep saying that it's same because I'm getting tired of that crap because that's just nonsense. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying they're exactly the same, but on this particular one, uh, what are you supposed to do here? Uh, just going to run roughshod over people's rights that way. That's a dangerous thing, and it's just one of these quick knee-jerk reactions to this horrific uh, murder. Dude, look, I'm tired of it. No one is after your guns, Nelson. Just stop it with that. We just, you be, Are you going to do nothing in the face of a terrorist here? Oh, my God. It's just ridiculous. But I just explained how he passed the background check and that none of these other... Uh, because, look, he wasn't on the no-fly list and he wasn't on the terror watch list. The FBI was looking at him, but he wasn't on any of those lists. So there again, uh, neither Hillary nor Trump's ideas would have saved a single life in this uh, murder. Yeah, but people don't need those guns. Well, see, you just said you're not going to take the guns. No, well, not from criminals, but you just said people... Go, no, just shut up! You're, you're making a mockery of this... Oh, dear, it's terrible what happened. Anyway, I want to move along here because uh, it's time that I got to announce my hero of the week. Uh, yeah, all right, let's let's get through. Oh, God, now why we got to sit through this? Oh, God damn, oh, yeah, whatever. You know, whatever, I'm not a part of this. Red, don't be like that. Come on. No, no. I'm going to have my moment over here. With my beer, and uh, I'm just gonna sit here quietly and let little, little Lefty do his thing. Little Lefty, I'm the same height as you. You don't don't know they don't know that. Uh, whatever. Um, yeah, go ahead, Lefty. Yes. <clears throat> my hero of the week is actually not necessarily a person, uh, but perhaps a collection of people. Uh, uh, I'm referring to the editorial board of the New York Times. Yes, they opined on this horrible tragedy. The title of this was The Corrosive Politics That Threatened LGBT Americans. As families begin planning funerals for the victims of Sunday's rampage at a gay nightclub in Orlando, Florida, gay Americans mourned a loss that extended beyond the lives cut short. Omar Mateen shattered the tenuous, hard-fought sense of personal safety that many gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender Americans have begun to feel as the movement for equality has made significant gains in recent years. His bullets and the blood he left behind that early morning were a reminder that in many corners of the country, gay and transgender people are still regarded as sinners and second-class citizens who should be scorned. While the precise motivation for the rampage remains unclear. What? What? No, he was a Muslim. He was a goddamn jihadic Muslim. Yeah, I gotta admit, Lefty, uh, that's pretty... Don't interrupt, this is my moment. Golly, jeez. Um, it is evident that Mr. Mateen was driven by hatred toward gays and lesbians. Hate crimes don't happen in a vacuum. They occur where bigotry is allowed to fester, where minorities are vilified, and where American people are scapegoated for political gain. Tragically, this is a state of American politics, driven too often by Republican politicians who see prejudice as something to exploit, not extinguish. 
Since the 1990s, gay, bisexual, and transgender Americans have made considerable progress in the fight for equality under the law. By living openly and proudly, they have changed society's attitudes about sexual orientation and gender identity. That shift has prompted politicians who were once wary about embracing equal rights for LGBT Americans, including President Obama and Hillary Clinton, the presumptive Democratic presidential nominee, to become resolute allies. The 2015 Supreme Court ruling that legalized same-sex marriage was celebrated by many in the gay community as the crowning achievement of a decades-long quest for respect and dignity. Yet that fight remains far from over. Since that ruling, several Republican-led state legislatures and Republican governors and federal lawmakers have redoubled their fight against legal protections for people on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity. So far this year, more than 200 anti-LGBT bills have been introduced in 34 states. Donald Trump, unlike some other prominent Republicans, called the Orlando Massacre what it was, an attack on gay people. Well, okay, a good one for Trump then. Mitch McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader, could not even offer that recognition to a community in pain. Yet Mr. Trump has vowed to choose Supreme Court justices who would overturn marriage equality. And he supports the deceptively named First Amendment Defense Act, an effort to approve discrimination against gay and transgender people nationwide under the guise of religious freedom. And Mr. Trump backtracked from his statement that transgender people should be able to use the restroom consistent with their gender identity after Senator Ted Cruz used his words to attack him during the nomination fight. That restrooms have become such a fixation, particularly at the state level, is a worrying reminder of the entrenched stigma the community continues to face. The loudest advocates of this odious effort had been Governor Pat McCrory of North Carolina and Governor Greg Abbott of Texas, ugh, who has worked in lockstep with the Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton. Meanwhile, Governor Phil Bryant of Mississippi in April signed into law a bill that allows discrimination against LGBT people in schools and the workplace. <laughs> It's hard to say how many politicians take these positions as a matter of principle and how many do so because it has proved to be an effective way in the past to raise money and turn out the vote. As the funerals are held for those who perished on Sunday, lawmakers who have actively championed discriminatory laws and policies and those who have quietly enabled them with votes should force themselves to read the obituaries and look at the photos. The 49 people killed in Orlando were victims of a terrorist attack, but they also need to be remembered as casualties of a society where it is depressed. <laughs> That's a bunch of horse shit. Yeah, I'm afraid so. You're right there, Red. What? No. How could you just do that after my impassioned oratory on that? I just don't. I don't get you to. No, you sure don't. Well, uh, the Daily Wire responded to this uh, in a little uh, article by uh, Hank Berrien, it says. Uh, so he he, he uh, rewrote the, uh, the uh, headline. 
to uh, get the point across more accurately as to what the New York Times is trying to say here. Uh, let's see. It says, Gay Muslim Democrat shoots 49 Americans in Orlando. New York Times blames Republicans. Uh, that's, uh, no! It's not funny, damn it! No, in a lot of ways it's not, but then, of course, life is funny and you have to laugh, otherwise... You'd die crying. Uh, the New York Times, in its time accustomed habit of ascribing the motives for Islamic terrorist attacks to anything other than the religious identity of the terrorist, issued an editorial in which they decided to blame the GOP and conservatives for the Orlando massacre in which a Muslim terrorist, who was reportedly not only gay, but a Democrat. Yes, that's right. Yes. Uh, yes, he was. Well, don't that just beat all? That, no, that's just as irrelevant as his being a Muslim. Yeah, you know, Lefty, that's kind of part of the problem. But before we get on that, that that article, uh, that editorial you just read uh, is disgusting. It is absolutely disgusting. I mean, the bodies are barely cold, and and these assholes are going to do that. Uh, That kind of response is just horrible. (laughs) And the New York Times is not alone in this, unfortunately. Most of the media probably feels the same way. Anything to distract away from the obvious. (laughs) Uh, and this includes Anderson Cooper of CNN. Now, just when I was starting to have some amount of respect for the guy on his uh, reporting, uh, boy, did he just destroy that. Because yeah, I got irritated with him years ago, back when uh, Hurricane Rita came through, and I was evacuated to Mississippi, wondering if I had a house to come home to. Uh, and then I was watching Anderson Cooper walking around in my neck of the woods, covering the, uh, the damage and whatnot, and he started to complain that, good lord, this is the 21st century and I can't even get a cell phone connection. You know, like we're this hayseed bunch of hick inbred morons and we don't even know what the cell phone is. Uh, no, idiot. A hurricane had just come through and knocked all the towers down. <sighs> anyway, uh, well, once again, he's destroyed uh, all the uh, respect that I was building up for the man. And now it's gone again. Because in the middle of this massacre, he decided to get on his advocacy soapbox here and use it for his own uh, personal crusades about himself because he's a gay man himself. So uh, Attorney General uh, Pan Bondi of Florida uh, was uh, there uh, offering her support and concern for the uh, family members of the victims and everything that happened uh, at the shooting, uh, well, he just comes in and calls that bullshit because she uh, had defended Florida voters in litigation against redefining marriage to include same-sex couples. So, therefore, the idea that she would have any concern over a murder <laughs> is impossible and is proof. Well, he went on her Twitter account and didn't see any, you know, rainbow ribbons or uh, or any uh, shout-outs to the Gay Pride Month. <laughs> And so he literally went through her timeline on Twitter to see. So, um, therefore, she can't offer any concern because she didn't have the proper, uh, you know, uh, profile pic on Twitter. So, uh, this is ridiculous. This idiot has just made a mockery of the deaths of these homosexuals. And then why did they die? Yes, they died because they were gay. And Sharia law says... That means death. That is why they're dead. No, it's the availability of guns. The AR-15s have got to be bad. He didn't use an AR-15. What? Well, it was something like it, right? 
It was a gun. Yeah. It's an assault rifle. Well, if I stab you with a knife, you're not assaulted. What? So it's like a weapon weapon? What? Yeah, exactly. Lord. Now, um, getting back to the FBI was looking at the guy, uh, and uh, the idea here would be the only possible criminal uh, allegations they could have brought would be conspiracy. Uh, when you uh, suspect the guy could be dangerous, you got to make a case for that, and then you would have to get the court orders in order to uh, really go hard investigating the guy, you know, tapping his phone, getting into his home, looking for whatever, his computer, and all that stuff. That could have been achieved if there was a reasonable uh, suspicion. Uh, but unfortunately, the FBI's hands are tied. Uh, here's a little article that explains why. Syrian immigrant who said 9-11 changed the world for good is a Homeland Security advisor. <laughs> this is not a joke. And this is actually an old story. Uh, this has been, uh, in fact, I think I even talked about it on the show, but this is, goes back a couple of years now because of the, uh, the administration, all right? They're doing this. Oh, God, this is just going to turn into an ablamabama fest. You got that right. No, this, I am not going to stand for this. This is outrageous, and you're totally wrong and hateful, and you just hate Muslims, and I'm tired of hearing about it, and that's enough of this crap. You had your moment, Lefty, now I'm going to read this. No, no, I'm not going to allow this to happen. No, not while I'm in the room. Lefty, do not question Nelson upon his own show, lest you suffer the wrath of said Nelson. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm just going to be out, outside. Uh, you holler when you want me back. Ah, that's better. Now, where was I? Ah, uh, yes. One of the sitting members on the Homeland Security Advisory Council's HSAC, Subcommittee on Countering Violent Extremism, is a 25-year-old immigrant of Syrian heritage who said that the 9-11 attacks changed the world for good and has consistently disparaged America, free speech, and white people on social media. Layla Alawa was one of just 15 people tapped to serve on the newly formed HSAC Subcommittee on Countering Violent Extremism in 2015, the same year she became an American citizen. Just last week, the subcommittee submitted a report to the Department of Homeland Security Secretary Jay Johnson, recommending that the DHS avoid using Muslim terminology like the words Sharia and Jihad when discussing terrorism. <laughs> Which is kind of like... Don't use the word terrorism with the word terror in it. Alawa says she immigrated into the U.S. when she was 10 years old. Her family had already left Syria by the time she was born. But I will always be Syrian. I will always be from Syria. I will always be of Syria. She wrote in November 2015, calling the country her homeland. In 2014, Alawa commemorated the September 11th attacks by tweeting that 9-11 changed the world for good. And there's no other way to say it. Exactly a year later, she claimed that after September 11th, being American meant you were white. In April 2013, she responded to a tweet from activist Pamela Geller, who called the Boston Marathon bombings jihad by tweeting, Go fuck yourself. 
On September 21st, the day after Secretary of State John Kerry announced that the U.S. would accept 85,000 Syrian refugees in 2016 and 100,000 more in 2017, Alawa mocked the salty white tears all over my newsfeed. In the Countering Violent Extremism report published last week, Alawa and her fellow subcommittee members recommended that the Department of Homeland Security adapt to the changing nature of violent extremism itself by devoting more attention to anarchists, sovereign citizens, white supremacists, and others. The report also recommended that, in order to combat violent extremism, the DHS focus on gender diversity of youth through careful attention to the range of push and pull factors that attract individuals of differing gender. As originally reported by the Daily Caller, the subcommittee Alawa serves on instructed the DHS to begin using American English instead of religious, legal, and cultural terms like jihad, sharia, takfir, or ummah when discussing terrorism in order to avoid offending Muslims. Two months before Secretary Johnson created the Subcommittee on Combating Violent Extremism, Alaba tweeted, The U.S. has never been a utopia unless you were a straight white male that owned land. Straight up, period. Go home. Shut up. She has previously indicated her belief that only idiots believe that America is the best nation in the world. In September 2014, a week after saying that 9-11 changed the world for good, Alawa said that 9-11 is your day to pull out your flag-themed clothing and my day to look behind my back as I walk home. Alawa is outspoken in her belief that Islamophobic rhetoric shouldn't be allowed. We are living in a country that deems it freedom of speech to spew absolutely hateful-ish about Muslims. That's not freedom of speech. Actually, it is. Um, anyway, she tweeted that. Less than two weeks after the Boston bombings, Alawa tweeted, You can't say something intolerant and not expect consequences. Not on my watch. Well, in April 2015, Alawa asked, How the hell is this shit? Pamela Geller is spewing free speech. It's straight-up warmongering hate speech. It's xenophobia. At the time, Geller, who is known as a bit of a provocateur, had recently arranged for ads in New York City which phrases like Islamic Jew hatred, it's in the Quran. In February 2015, she claimed that she can't wait until The Bachelor has a star that isn't pure white, because white people are not gonna be the dominant majority much longer. Neither Alawa nor the DHS replied to the Daily Caller's request for comment over Alawa's social media activity. You know that bit about uh, where uh, Trump and just about all the other Republicans say that uh, it's a problem that Obama never uses the word uh, radical Islam or radical Islamism or whatever, radical Islamist terrorism, uh, because Obama is saying, what is that? Is that like uh, a magic word? Uh, if I say it, uh, that'll make it better? Come on. Well, now, and Trump's pretty clumsy in that, again, but... The point being here is that, Obama, you're the one concerned about words. Because you've rendered them magic. Because the idea that you won't speak them betrays you know, your thinking on this whole matter. Uh, and that you're more concerned about hurt feelings than you are about the obvious threat that uh, the jihad uh, uh, presents. So much so that you put jihad sympathizers in charge of the very terminology that the FBI can use. And uh, here you go. You put one of them right in Homeland Security, advising them how they can speak and what they can say. So, um, yeah, it's a problem. 
And it's a problem here because that's the guidelines for the FBI. So uh, whatever suspicions they have, I'm amazed they were even able to look at this guy at all, uh, let alone what they must have done since they knew who he was when the uh, massacre happened. But uh, we're going to keep trucking right along and let these Muslim Brotherhood students on the uh, Homeland Security Advisory Boards uh, telling the FBI that, no, you shouldn't uh, uh, look at terms like jihad. So uh, how are they supposed to get this guy again? Yeah. Yeah. This is an attitude that the administration has that uh, just doesn't seem to know who the enemy is. And you got situations here where the Obama administration is the type that's going to punish a Marine because they uh, beat up an Afghan police officer because he kept fucking a little boy. Yeah, that's right. Here's a story. We'll we'll look into this. It's uh, almost a year old now, but uh, this is uh, from the AP. Uh, U.S. soldier punished for helping child abused in Afghanistan. The Pentagon and the White House condemned on Monday reports that Afghan forces who worked with U.S. military uh, military personnel sexually assaulted boys. And members of Congress complained about a U.S. soldier being forced out of the military because he intervened in 2011, attacking an Afghan police commander he believed was raping a child. Representative Duncan Hunter of California, uh, Republican of California, and others are questioning whether the U.S. military routinely discouraged troops from intervening in such sexual assaults. Hunter said Army Sergeant First Class Charles Martland must leave the Army now by November 1st because his intervention to stop a child rape triggered a negative mark on his service record. Hunter is asking Defense Secretary Ash Carter to review the case, saying he has little confidence that the Army leaders will admit they made an error in deciding to public, uh, punish Martlin. I hope that when making a decision between supporting an elite warrior like Martlin or a child rapist and criminal, the organizations or individuals in a position to make a decision will side with Martlin, Hunter said in a letter to Carter earlier this month. Defense officials would not comment on the specifics of the case. But Navy Captain Jeff Davis... A Pentagon spokesman says the U.S. has no policy directing forces to overlook human rights abuses. Davis told reporters on Monday that U.S. troops can report such incidents through their chain of command, but added that sexual assault of children, while abhorrent, is fundamentally an Afghan law enforcement matter. <laughs> you see, that's double talk there. You see, no, no, they're not under any policy directing them to ignore uh, child rape. And at the same time, it's an Afghan matter. They handle it. Well, the Afghans don't see it as a problem. So therefore, yeah, there there is a policy that they have to ignore it. The State Department, in its annual human rights report, has consistently said that sexual abuse of children remains pervasive in Afghanistan. And it documents the practice called bachibazi which means dancing boys. Bachibazi involves the sexual abuse of boys, often by powerful or wealthy local businessmen, who sexually abuse young boys trained to dance in female clothes. In its 2014 report, the State Department said that many child sexual abusers are not arrested, and there are reports security officials and those connected with the ANP, Afghan National Police, raped children with impunity. A number of U.S. House and Senate members have asked the Army about Martlin's case. Representative Vern Buchanan, Republican of Florida, sent a letter to General Martin Dempsey, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, calling for the Pentagon to reverse what he said was its policy of ignoring sexual abuse of children in Afghanistan. It is bad enough if the Pentagon is telling our soldiers to ignore this type of barbaric and savage behavior. 
but it's even worse if we are punishing those who tried to stop it, said Buchanan in the letter. The only people who should be punished are the ones who created and condoned this immoral and savage code. White House Press Secretary Josh Earnest said Monday that the U.S. works with the Afghan government to stop the exploitation of children. The United States is deeply concerned about the safety and welfare of Afghan boys, uh, may be exploited by members of the Afghan National Security and Defense Forces, Ernest said. This form of sexual exploitation violates Afghan law and Afghanistan's international obligations. More broadly, protecting human rights, including by countering the exploitation of children, is a high priority for the U.S. government. Apparently not higher than offending Muslims. So... Too bad, kids. According to Hunter and others familiar with the 2011 incident, Martland acted professionally. But Hunter said that a commanding general signed an order of reprimand against Martland, saying his conduct during the incident was inexcusable and demonstrates a flagrant departure from the integrity, professionalism, and even-tempered leadership. I expect all soldiers of this command, especially a special forces professional. So apparently being a special forces professional means you have to just look the other way while a little boy is reamed out in the ass. Uh, according to defense officials, an investigation into the incident resulted in what the Army calls an adverse action. Essentially, a black mark on Martland's personnel record. Under the Army's review process, soldiers can be forced out if their performance doesn't meet the standards for continued service. The New York Times reported that Martland and Dan Quinn, a former Special Forces captain, beat up an Afghan militia commander who was working with the Americans, but also was discovered to have kept a boy chained to his bed as a sex slave. And Obama just couldn't find a time to get off his ass. And uh, protect this soldier. No, because this guy violated his rules. Because it's like I said, uh, little children don't merit much uh, on the hierarchy of concern, as with the uh, you know offensive nature of terms and whatnot for Muslim and uh, Muslim culture and what have you. So uh, yeah, yeah it sucks to be a kid in that area, isn't it? Yes, yes. So there you go. Uh, when we don't have uh, an actual uh, war attitude in in, in a war, <laughs> uh, instead uh, we're still uh, nation building and whatnot because we've got to give support to these uh, these little proxy armies and uh, police forces that we created. And uh, your tax dollars are going to this, you know. And so uh, you're 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 uh, you're propping up uh, boyfuckers here. And uh, so there you go. Isn't that great? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so this does reveal more uh, of the attitude that results in worrying so much about uh, PC concerns of the Isla Islamic religion uh, that you have to turn a blind eye to abs absolute horror. And such is the case with a guy who was very suspicious to the FBI, but they couldn't go any further because, well, what are you going to do? What's your suspicion? That he's pro-jihad? Well, you can't even use the word jihad. So, mm. so there you go. He maintains his clean record, gets a gun, and uh, kills people. There you go. Oh, oh, well, we shouldn't have guns anyway. That Because the president apparently has a magic wand that can make guns cease to exist, and a terrorist, no matter how determined, will uh, not find a way to kill masses of people because, oh, damn it, I couldn't get the gun. <laughs> Look, I got to give Howard Stern props. He really covered this on his show when he said they'll just, they'll just get bus cutters. <laughs> yeah. 
passing a law only works to the law-abiding. Uh, criminals and terrorists don't obey them. Meanwhile, the strange irony here is is that uh, most gay people are on the, the left side of thinking, you know? And yet, it's the right who believe you have the right to uh, bear arms and protect yourselves against these homophobic assholes. But the Democrats, they don't want you to bear arms. We'll take a little break, uh, come back with Night Night, and then we'll bring this show to an end. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. Hey everyone, it's Audie Lang, that's right. Here to announce that the Audie Lang Uncensored podcast will be heard on Fridays free on iTunes. That's right, Stitcher, Google, Play TuneIn, and of course, the Radio Misfits. It's Google Play. That's Dan Filato. We're going to leave that in. Uh, is there a time limit on this promo? No. We'll just leave that in. Dan just corrected me. It's Google Play. Uh, it's very awkward, but we're going to leave it in. That's what that's what we offer here. Uncensored crap. Try and steal that, you cheap folk. Well, okay, in parentheses, you guys wrote a joke. We will pick one of our previous shows for a free Friday. One of our previous shows will be a free Friday. One day a week, you will be able to get the show and a special deal on our regular subscription. This is possibly the most confusing thing ever. Did I okay this? Yes. What are we talking about here? A repeat on Friday? I don't get this. A special deal on our regulars. Go to the Radio Misfits Network on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and tune in. My God. I'm going to find somebody American to write this. <laughs> what, what, what is this, Dan? What, what, what are we doing? All those are, are uh, places to- where you can get the show. Yeah. Google Play. Stitcher. Um, what are the other ones? Tune, tune in. Tune in. There's a thing called TuneIn? Yes, there's a it's a thing called it's a very actually one of the most popular apps is TuneIn. Yeah. So what about artiquitter.com? Can they get it there? Well, they have to pay for it at artiquitter.com. Oh, so this is free? This is free. What do we give them on Fridays for free? We're going to give them one show. Oh. All right. There's there there's got to be a quicker way to say that, right? <laughs> you can say it however you want to say. Uh. It. We're giving you a free show on Friday. Free show. Google Play, tune in, and of course, the Radio Misfits Network. Uh, that's it. That's it. Right, subscription? Yep. Go to the Radio Misfits Radio, tune in, Stitcher. For one to, I just want this whole thing played as a problem. Friday, June 24th, 8 p.m. show. See the Reverend Bob Levy with Ed McGonigal at May's Landing Country Club in May's Landing, New Jersey. Dinner at 6 p.m. Comedy show at 8 p.m. Call 609-652-9500 for tickets. Saturday, July 9th, see Joe Conti. 9 p.m. show at Jackie Keelan's in Keensburg, New Jersey. $10 tickets online, $15 that night at the door. Tickets and more info at july9thcomedy.eventbrite.com. Or simply go to jogati.com. Oh, man. I shouldn't have drank that extra lemonade. Jeez. Maybe there's a rest stop somewhere up here, somewhere. Wait, what? There we go. What's this? It. Piss and shits. Yes, that's right. Whenever and wherever nature calls, you can answer her at piss and shits. Our bathroom facilities are second to none. And unlike most, we don't just have toilet paper, but butt wipes as well. Oh, my God. 
man, what a relief. What? It's a strange man staring at me from under the other stall. What? Who, who are you? Hello there. I'm former Senator Larry Craig. I just want to watch you pee. So when you're on the go, on the road, and you gotta go, try out piss and chits. When you were a child, did you ever have nightmares about creepy old hags tormenting you? Well, then this short film just might have answers for you. The film Care of Hair and Nails is about some creepy old broad obsessed with personal hygiene. No, not her own, but the personal hygiene of children. Using her demonic powers of invisibility, she's determined to make children as obsessive as her. <laughs> Do enjoy, and remember to wash between meals. Otherwise, the old hag will get you. Once again, this riff of mine of this wonderful short film contains music by Kevin MacLeod. Just like this ad does. So please download this cinematic treat for a mere 90 cents at selfie.com slash Nelson. That's selfie, S-E-L-L-F-Y dot com slash Nelson, N-A-I-L-S-I-N. Yes, it's just that simple. Selfie.com slash Nelson. This is Night Night, and I'm here to tell you that you're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. It's time for City City News Special Report, now live. Because if it's not now, it's not live. And now, here's Wiener Wanker. Hello, I'm Wiener Wanker. Earlier today, Cityopolis Police Department suffered a fatal loss. Yes, turns out that San Francisco was their only informant to the infamous Snakehead Gang. Sadly, he passed away during surgery this afternoon. He had suffered an assassin's bullet, but also several assaults from night-night, which also left his hospital room a devastated, bombed-out ruin, after which a Dr. Gore performed immediate surgery on him. Unfortunately, he passed away during surgery. On a side note, hospital staff just suddenly realized they didn't have a Dr. Gore on staff, and no one's seen or heard from him since. But still, authorities believe the chief blame for this disaster goes to Night Night. I'll have more after this. This is an outrageous outrage. The media once again twists the news to put the blame on me. Well, who else they going to blame? I mean, if we hadn't brought that guy out of his safe house, he wouldn't have been shot. No! He died at the hospital. It's got nothing to do with what we did. But then, well then who do we blame? I mean, uh, the hitman, you blew him up. It's obvious. This mysterious Dr. Gore. No one knows who he is or where he went to. Clearly, he was there to make sure that Frico didn't make it out of that hospital alive. What? Ah, oh, come on. 
I don't know, Dick. As amazing as it seems, I'm afraid Lyle's got it right this time. I mean, a mysterious doctor that nobody knows and never heard of before? Yeah, you gotta look into that man. And that's exactly what the Night Knight will do. Do the Night Crew the What? Oh, no. Uh-oh. What the hell? It's the ASS alarm. I must answer as a member of the ASS. <laughs> An ASS fist. Shut up, Bull. Every time we do that, you have to go there. Well, how can it not? I mean, you named your team after ass. No, the team's name is American Super Society, a group of brave and wonderful superheroes dedicated to bringing justice to the world. Yeah, but ASS... I know! Damn it! All right, we gotta go. But wait a minute, you're in the middle of a case here. Yes, that's true, Smedley. But unfortunately, if I don't meet my obligations to the ASS, I can be booted out of the team, even though I'm the main financial supporter of it. Nevertheless, we must answer the call. To the night, Jet! Mm-hmm. Oh, boy! And soon, at the headquarters of the world-famous American Super Society. A building that was once a train terminal and is now the Hall of Superdom, wherein the chairman of the American Super Society's Sun King has called a meeting. And so, whoever's cooking fish dinners in the microwave in the break room, well, you need to put an end to that. It's stinking up the entire break room, and it all smells like rotten fish in there. Come on, guys, let's help each other out and be good neighbors with one another. All right, now, on to the main agenda for today. Oh, look. Better late than never, Night Night and Boobo have joined us. Yeah, I was going to try to slip in, but... Whatever, thanks for announcing, Sun King. By the way, did you cover Yes, the- yes, the fish in the microwave, yes, I dealt with that. It was only that two times, I didn't- Shut up, boo shut up. Our old friend, the brilliant Dr. Choi, has developed a new invention that he wishes to show only to us, because it's very secret, and so we will oversee it, as he says this could change the world for the better. You called me over here to watch a demonstration- when a brilliant man, Night Night, like Dr. Choi, says he has something that could change the world, you'd better believe I take it seriously. Then I'm sure you'll be needed, Night Night, as Dr. Choi's project will undoubtedly require a substantial donation. Oh, chase. All right, Night Night and Boobo are with me, along with you, Moon Maid. As for the rest of you, get out there on patrol and make the world safe. Hey, uh, hang on there a minute, uh, Sun King, uh... I want to be on your team, too. Uh, all right, Frog Prince. You're on the team. Meanwhile, outside Zeliopolis, at the old abandoned science labs, where inside we see three lab coat guard scientists, two men and a woman, standing behind what looks like a giant laser cannon straight out of Flash Gordon. And in front of that laser cannon, a small banana... Suddenly growing to the size of a small car. Oh, success. Success at last. I've finally enlarged this banana with the resizer. Think of it. With this technology, we could feed the world. Feed the world? (laughs) We're rich. Rich, I tell you. Sure, they all laughed at me in high school. Well, now I'm going to own their asses. (laughs) Then we'll see who's laughing. (laughs) 
No, no, Mark. We will not market this technology. We will give it away to the United Nations to share with the world. Right, Anne? Um, uh... What? I left a job at NASA for this project, and you expect me to just sit by while you give all my hard work away? Is this the thanks I get for being loyal to you? Now, Mark, I've gotten by as a part-time dishwasher. I see no reason why you and Anne can't do the same. Our lives should be driven by science. Not uh, uh, petty, silly things uh, like money. To hell with that. Science doesn't pay the bills, Dr. Toy. Science doesn't get you cars, swimming pools, and blinds with big, fat, bouncing titties. However, if you want to remain small-time... <laughs> I'm only too happy to oblige you. What? Oh no! Not the resizer! What are you? <laughs> Suddenly, Mark activates the resizer and turns it on his two colleagues, reducing them down to the size of mere bugs. You. you can't do this to me! Looks like I just did do this to you. <laughs> Damn it, Mark! Why'd you shrink me? I. I wasn't against selling the resizer. Well, I'm doing something terribly illegal here and unethical, Anne. So I'm sure you will both understand that I can't have any witnesses. Now, what to do with you? Well, the toilet's out of order, so I guess the flushing option is a no-go. So I suppose that leaves the backyard. No! No, the ants! Oh, and the dog poo! So long, losers. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. Please, don't leave us out here. Don't worry. <laughs> I'll be back soon with a lawnmower. <laughs> but then, as our sinister villain returns to his lab, smug in his apparent triumph, he is startled by... Hi there, I'm Sun King, and we are the American Super Society. Oh, shit. Uh, we are here to see Dr. Choi about his latest project. Uh, well, I, I... I mean, I haven't seen him all day today. I... Jeez, I... I can't imagine where he could be. Hmm, that's strange. He called us some time ago saying he had a new invention to show us. New invention? Why? I have no idea what that could possibly be. <laughs> uh, no, not a clue in the world. <laughs> Offhand, I'd guess his new invention was this curious doohickey, since it seems to be the only piece of equipment in the lab. Hmm, yes, I think you're right there, Night Knight. Good work. Your detective skills never cease to amaze even me, as wonderful as I am. <laughs> oh, no. Well, this shit looks cool. I wonder what it does. What? No, Bubo, you idiot. Don't touch anything. Suddenly, Dr. Choi's resizer device comes to life, bathing the entire American Super Society in an eerie green light that reduces their size down to the size of insects, leaving Bubo hanging from the laser, which he himself inadvertently activated. Whoa! What? What the hell? What just happened? You shrunk us all down to bug size, you idiot! Right after I specifically told you not to touch anything! But did you listen? No! God damn it, Bubo! You'd better just stay up there, because if you come down here, I'm so mad at you, I'll kick your ass in the next week. Hmm, I think I may know what happened to Dr. Joy. Right, he must have accidentally shrunk himself. Hmm, yes, my thoughts exactly. 
I'll save my alien abduction theory for later. Well, team, let's take lemons and make lemonade. In our shrunken state, we can all better search for Dr. Choi. Let's hop to it, gang. Wait a minute. How the hell are we going to get back to normal? Oh, I'm sure Mark here will help us with that. He seems a fine, upstanding gentleman. Yes, he'll restore us to our normal size once we complete our search. <laughs> the American Super Society are now at my mercy. <laughs> hey, is anybody going to save me? <laughs> Frog Prince, water is your element. Dr. Joy may have fallen into the toilet, so go and check it out. All right, there's a good man. Uh, the, the toilet? That's an order, mister. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Gee. Night-night, your <laughs> talents aren't called for here. You and Bubo had better stay put. We're at safe. If Dr. Choi shows up, contact me immediately. Meanwhile, Moon Maid and I will fly off together to search for him in the backyard. Later. What? Oh, 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 my... <laughs> No oh, man, just look at Sun King proudly flaunting his adulterous affair with Moon Maid, gripping her perfect round ass like that, because he can. Where is his sense of honor and decency? I mean, we're superheroes for God's sake. Well, at least he's not in love with a criminal. What? Just what the hell does that mean, Bubo? You're the flying pig. You're always out to pork that porker. Night, night, flying pig sitting in a tree. K I S S I N G. <laughs> Shut up, shut up, damn you! And yet, isn't Bubo right? Am I strong enough to be a true superhero? How can I deny how I ache for that delicate pink angel? Elsewhere, in the restroom, the frog prince finds himself standing before a toilet that now towers over him. Man, I don't know. I just don't think I can go through with this. Wait, I know. I'll tell Sun King I checked it, and I didn't find him. I mean, he probably never came in here. Wait a minute. What the hell am I saying? Am, am I too weak to be a true superhero? I mean, a man's life is at stake. No wonder I'm the laughing stock of the superhero world. I'm the king of the sea, dammit. Life has just issued a challenge, and the amazing frog prince is going to rise up and meet this challenge. I'm going to dive into that toilet. And mustering his amazing powers to leap like a frog, Frog Prince does indeed leap from the floor, scaling the toilet and landing in the middle of it. But then seconds later, he leaps right back out. Yeah, that's not water. It's diesel urine. <laughs> Meanwhile, outside in the backyard, we find our heroes, Sun King and Moon Maid. Hey, Sun King, come and have a look at this. Sun King turns to see Moon Woman bending over. Whoa. No problem. No problem at all. Human footprints. I found some human footprints, so Dr. Joy was definitely out here in the backyard. Also, the prints look fresh, so he can't be too far away. Hmm, hey, I know. I'll use my sun belt to generate pure solar energy and burn all this damn tall grass down, and then we'll be able to find him in a hurry. But, but isn't that dangerous? You might burn him in the process. No, oh. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, hey, maybe some aliens tried to... Help! Please, help! That cry, it came from over there. Well, then, we'd better get over there as fast as we can. A man's life is at stake, after all. So here, Moon Maid, allow me to give you a lift. Oh, uh. And so, once again, grabbing Moon Maid by her butt cheeks, 
Sun King lifts her and himself into the air as they both soar into the direction of the plaintive cries. And then, back in the lab of our evildoer, everything's packed and ready to go. Now to get rid of the ASS. <laughs> no, no, this doesn't feel right at all. He's up to no good, Bubo. Eh, like what? Suddenly, Mark tries to stamp out Night Night and Bubo with his foot. Oh, something like that, you idiot! Run for it! Go step on Night Night! No, no! No, enough of this shit! The Night Knight has suffered one too many indignities this day. The Night Cable Gun shall grant us the means of our escape. So come on, Bubo! We're getting the hell out of Dodge! It, it's too short! Oh, God, run! Um, uh, hey, guys, the, uh, the toilet's clear. Don't just stand here, you idiot. Run for your life! Meanwhile, back outside, in the backyard, Sun King and Moon Maid have found Dr. Choi. Unfortunately, his leg is caught in the mouth of a giant, ravenous house cat. Green snot. We've got to get him out of that cat's mouth. But there may be no other way. I know. I'll employ my sun belt. And Sun King, using... The laser precision of his sunbelt begins to cut through Dr. Choi's leg, thus separating him from the cat's mouth. Relax, Dr. Choi. They're doing wonders with prosthetics these days. Sun, Sun King, that, that lab guy, he tried to kill us. He's, he's evil. Toilet's clear. Oh, Night Night, you and your crazy paranoid delusions. Well, Sun King, Night Night is right. Mark is the one who shrunk us and left us out here. Oh, man. Okay, okay, he's evil. There, I said it. You happy now? Oh, my foot. Oh, my foot. Yeah, uh, heard you the first time. Hey, what the hell is that noise? Hmm, I don't know. I'll fly up and take a look. And so, Sun King flies up above the tall grass, only to see that Mark is using a push mower to mow the very grass that he and his fellow American Super Society members are standing in. <laughs> so long, you meddling wonderwear friends. <laughs> Green snot, but that's one more. He could kill everybody. I could fly away, but then everyone else would die. So I'd better do something. Then, for the burst of speed, Sun King soars into the decisive action he's known for. I've got to make fast. I have only seconds to lose. At blinding speed, Sun King's tiny form penetrates the lawnmower, much like that of a bullet. And in what appears to be a freak occurrence, the blade of the lawnmower is sent flying wildly into the air with somewhat terribly gruesome results as it slices into the head of Mark, severing it from his body and sending it flying into the grass. Oops. Oh, God! Oh, his head! Oh, oh my God! <laughs> God it's nasty! Look, a, a bunch of ants are feeding on Mark's head! Quick, gang, while the ants are distracted, let's all head back to the lab. Later, back in the old abandoned science labs. <laughs> Don't worry, Dr. Choi, I've got you. Lord, this man reeks of urine. Well, it's a good thing the resizer's effects were only temporary. I guess you can't feed the world after all. Tough titty, huh? Poor Mark. You know, he could have been a great scientist. At least, we'll always have had Motel 6. Yes, and I suppose you're probably right about that. Mark could have been a great scientist, if only he hadn't lost his head. 
Thus ends another amazing adventure of the American Super Society. And, of course, another amazing adventure of Night-Night. Hopefully he'll get back to that evil Dr. Gore when he returns home in next week's exciting episode of Night-Night. has been a Nail Sin production. The Night Night theme song is performed by Alistair White and his lovely wife, Heather. Incidental music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod. All characters are performed by me, Douglas Nelson. Join us again, won't you? Oh my, look at the time. Already time to go. I wanted to do more, but then, uh, well, things happen. Uh, hopefully next week we'll have new episodes of, uh, Star Trucking, and I've already got an idea for, uh, perhaps, but maybe not, haven't done one of those in a while, and, uh, there'll be some more ASMR reviews. <laughs> um, oh yeah, and a quick review, uh, I, uh, saw the, uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane, which is supposed to be the sequel to, uh, Cloverfield, I guess, because it has the name Cloverfield in it. I want my money back. It's that bad. Uh, it stunk. Um, so can't recommend it. And that's all the time I got to say about it. Um, yeah. Oof. I was really disappointed about that. Anyway, so hopefully more goodies for the next Mr. Nelson show. But for this one, it's over. So, uh, oh, that'll be the 40th episode. Well, I'm going to have to come up with something. Damn, now I'm going to have to do something extra. Well, I'm sure you're all worth it. All right. Well, I'll see you around. If not here, I'll probably be on Conti and Kenny and uh, Rob Saul's show. And hopefully there'll be a new Bob Levy show. But uh, <laughs> Bob's been busy with gigs. Uh, that's the story there. All right. Good night, everybody. The views and opinions expressed during the Mr. Nelson Show do not necessarily reflect those held by RadioMisfits.com. So, any complaints and or comments should be sent to at Mr. Nelson on Twitter, where they will be promptly ignored and or blocked. You had your moment, Lefty. Now I'm going to read this. No, no, I'm not going to let the loudest happen. No, not while I'm in the room. Lefty! Do not question Nelson upon his own show, lest you suffer the wrath of said Nelson. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to be out, outside. Uh, you holler when you want me back.